This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AmbaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Amva community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the AmbaCast, everyone. Uh, this week, we are talking to our friends from New Jersey about a program that they have recently received some Amva recognition for through the Amva Awards program. So I'm pleased to welcome for their first appearances on the podcast from the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission, Sue Fulton, the chief of the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission, and Kim D. Giovanni, who is one of the deputy administrators at the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission. Sue, Kim, welcome to your first appearances on the AmbaCast. Thank you. It's fun to be here. So we're talking today about a partnership program specifically that uh, you've been running in, in New Jersey and leveraging your mobile assets, your mobile units, to work with other parts of state government to best act, so to best deliver services to customers, citizens, residents who maybe would otherwise struggle to get a connection to the to the commission. So g- give me an overview as to the where this initiative began, not in using mobile units, because we know that's kind of a little bit more uh, widespread lately, mm-hmm. but the idea of, okay, we need now to just not do this on our own, but we need to collaborate with others. Right. Well, we brought our our two mobile units online in 2017. And originally, um, when I got there, um, you know, prior to Kim and I being uh, responsible for this, um, there kind of wasn't a good sense of how to use them. And quite often they would be handling overflow at an existing brick and mortar agency. Mm. Uh, So what we were able to do was to kick off a a program um, to, to reach out to the community. And we focused on underserved communities, um, senior centers, veterans homes. Um, We would go to, um, festivals and events, but really the the best usage of these was um, on request. Mm -hmm. Um, So it took some time. We had to build those relationships with legislators um, and even our own governor's office as to what the mobiles were capable of. Um, And they they then, you know, they became uh, an ambassador. Um, And so that led us to greater cooperation collaboration mm-hmm. um i would say one of the earliest collaborations was with department of corrections for mm-hmm. re-entry yeah. um while we had at one time a, a a station to issue non-driver ids for re-entering mm-hmm. um incarcerated individuals um it it became easier and and more flexible to use the mobile units to to issue those so we'd uh, with our mobile units, we have enough staff that there's staff that does checking outside the unit. You know, we set mm-hmm. up the, you know, the table and the, the awning and, and do ID checks and various document checks outside um, before we process inside the unit. Um, so your, your mobile units, are they the, you know, we've seen before the converted RVs that roll in? Is that what you're using for, for mobile units? Well, essentially, yes. I mean, although they're, they're, it's a shell uh, of, that looks on the outside like roughly like an RV that then we fit out with, right. the, with, the, mobile, with the mobile equipment. Um, you know, Kim can talk about um, staffing. I mean, or what, yeah, yeah, 
yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about you know how you deploy the mobile units, and then we'll come back and talk about the partnership. But let's talk about the deployment of the mobile units, how you uh, manage that asset, and then a little bit about you know what. Is it literally all transactions that you could do in a in a branch can be done mobily, or are there some limitations? So what we do is our Office of Legislative Affairs um, serves as our outreach office, and we we do our outreach through um, legislators and other um, you know such as uh, veterans mm -hmm. homes and right. senior homes and underserved populations that we can would be good customers for our mobile units. Right. Um, so that's how we put together the, the calendar of events. And the, the staffing mirrors our staffing in the brick and mortar agencies. We have the, the clerks and mm -hmm. supervisors um, pared down, obviously, because sure. the, it's a much smaller uh, building. Um, but we, for the most part, that's what we have. It, it mirrors the agencies. Now, we do have all transactions except titling transactions. So we do okay. handle most of the transactions that are done in an agency. Mm -hmm. uh, the title transaction has it requires a little bit larger equipment that is not able to be accommodated yeah. in those mobile units. Yeah. So uh, so that's pretty much the only uh, the only service that we do not offer in the mobile yeah. units. Um, so that, which is fine because it the underpopulated or underserviced units uh, such as. For, Mothers, right, you know, um, DOC inmates, homeless, homeless, homeless so less of a demand for veterans, that correct. But we issue anyway. them the placards and their non-driver IDs yeah. and their driver's licenses. So yes. So how how many staff do you need per mobile unit? So we have ten staff per mobile unit, um, and like I said, it mirrors the agencies. Yeah. The only difference is we have drivers for the mobile units, which require CDLs, right. and mm -hmm. obviously that's not something we have in the agencies. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, we have. A, the ma a manager oversees uh, both units and then the s supervisors and senior staff and, and techs. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to a regular agency. And I'm curious, are, are they now dedicated staff for a mobile unit or are they branch staff that then, okay, this is a deployment day, so you go out on the mobile No, unit. these are dedicated staff to the two mobile units. Um, what we did is we, in the agency, we, we like to do... Tr um, to take to poach our employees um, from agencies for this mobile unit, so we have um, staff that is very experienced mm -hmm. and and very flexible. And not everyone, not all of our clerks can be an agency, uh, can be a mobile employee because um, oh, it, it does take uh, a flexibility in a certain type of yeah. of person and uh, to be an expert in certain transactions because we want to be as as efficient as we can. Um, with possibly less resources than mm -hmm. are available in an agency, so and cross train over the yes. multiple transactions as opposed to being a specialist Correct. where you might have that luxury in a branch. Correct. So in terms of the partnerships, uh, you mentioned the idea that uh, you might work with a legislator to figure out where to go to, or it's on request. Uh, we talked about meeting some key populations. Uh, when reading the background on the program, one of the offices I that jumped out at me that was a little different than some of the other mobile deployments was your work with the office of the first lady in in the state yes uh, um, first lady tammy murphy has made a top priority of addressing infant and maternal mortality and and as you might expect underserved populations um, have greater issues 
uh, one of the the um, events that she created were, were these family festivals where um, we there's outreach to communities where you have that are underserved and providing resources to mothers and families mm-hmm. that may otherwise be difficult to get mm-hmm. and so um, I, I can't even remember who reached out to whom first. You know, I think there was a discussion, you know, about what yeah. these family festivals might entail, and they realized that, you know, securing a non-driver ID and at the time even renewing, you couldn't renew a license or ID uh, online. Oh, so, okay. so this was in-person renewals, and of course, a lot of them, you know, a lot of expired documents. Yep. So um, there was a recognition that this would be a very helpful part. Because when you have these family festivals, yes, there's a lot of different resources, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, private um, and you know uh, organizations. There are charitable organizations, but also governmental organizations, human services. You mm-hmm. know, offering here's here's how you can sign up for benefits that you're eligible for, um, and uh, so one of the blocks to people getting benefits could be they don't have a current ID. Right. Right. So having us right there, they can, they're local, they can go and get the documents if they don't already have them. Obviously, they try to do as much advanced planning as possible, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but you have people bring whatever documents they can. We do our best to get them current, and yeah. then they're able to go right to human services and, and get that taken care of. Um, and this, this I'll build on, this partnership has been particularly great because the awareness of family festivals and what they're able to offer mm-hmm. has really built across the state. So they're starting to visit uh, neighborhoods again and getting people who were, you know, unaware or mistrust sure. or whatever, more people coming out to take advantage of it. Um, but we've done, it also has given rise to other kinds of events, events for, um, you know, the homeless population, mm-hmm. uh, supporting, you know, we support Trenton Area Soup Kitchen. Um, but one of the things that we've done, not every time, but, uh, you know, since a significant percentage of the popula- the homeless population are veterans, yep. and, you know, I'm a veteran, um, since a significant number of them are veterans, but don't have documentation. Our Veterans Affairs Organization started to partner as well, which is another cabinet office, yeah, right? right? They partnered with us to come and where, if that individual, whatever they had, if they could verify that individual in the system, they could issue their DD-214, their official discharge papers that identifies them as a veteran. So not only would that assist as another document to get them the ID, mm-hmm. but it also would make them eligible to have veteran benefits. put on their ID, because yeah. we do that, we do a veteran designation right. on yeah. our IDs and, uh, and licenses, so you get the veteran designation on that ID. So now they have the ID and the proof of veteran. So even if they lose that DD-214, um, a good number of organizations, both government and non-governmental organizations, will recognize that as proof of veteran status because they know we've yeah. seen the DD-214. Right. So those kind of partnerships that you don't think, you know, it's like it seems very trivial, yeah. can actually be tremendously helpful for um for the homeless population, other underserved populations where they're not getting the services that they need. Yeah. And so that interagency collaboration is it's magnificent when it happens, but it's, you know, what's seemingly simple from an outsider. Mm-hmm. Interagency cooperation even within one state government can be fraught with administration challenges, communication challenges. How did you you keep everybody aligned and keep those communication channels open between the different agencies. Well, Kim's done, Kim and, and our, our Ledge Affairs Director, Chris Hillman, have done the hard work, I would say off the top. Um, and 
absolutely without reservation, um, Tammy Murphy is one of the most active and engaged first ladies, mm, okay. um, you know, anywhere. Um, she and her office are, have really leaned forward, like what can we do to support? Every time we do this these events, she spends time with our folks. Excellent. Now, you know, we've got junior people staffing these, so sure. she's not just getting the photo op outside. She come inside the van, uh, comes inside the van and talks to our folks where she now knows half of their names. That's she knows great. Al, she knows, you know, and, and yeah. just has been so supportive of this. So she sets that tone mm -hmm. so that working with her office um, becomes easier. I won't yep. say it's easy, but we work with them. We work with human services. We work with the D department of corrections. We work with veterans affairs. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult because, yeah. you know, it's not because, you know, people are difficult. It's because just trying to coordinate everything, yeah, yeah, coordinate exactly. resources. Kim, can you talk about some things you've learned or anything you'd want to I, it's not to there. say that this this isn't without its challenges. Of course. Yeah. Um, and also, when you have uh, the public, sometimes can be unpredictable. So <laughs> you know, we try to plan as best we can, but at times somebody may not. We try to advertise as well as much as we can, yeah. and in collaboration with these other departments. But sometimes the the customers may not have all the documentation they might need, yeah. um, and you know, may get frustrated as with as anyone would. Um, so I think that advertising and communicating um, out to the public and just making sure mm -hmm. that everybody's on the same page and nobody drops the ball because a lot of times we can make assumptions that somebody is doing something and they are not. Right. And so just making sure, and we have such a fabulous team, um, Chris Hillman and I, that, uh, that organize this, that they make sure that they stay on top of it so that, that communication ensures for a successful event. So. And so you mentioned it's primarily two mobile units yes. that are doing it. What's the volume, not a transaction, the volume of events? How, how often are they going to these events? So our season for the mobile season, uh, you know, due to weather and, and just general maintenance that needs to be done yeah. annually, runs from March uh, through um, Thanksgiving. So sense. we have two units that are deployed every day um, at an event during oh, that. Oh, wow. Yes, and sometimes on Saturdays if there are festivals. Um, you know, we sometimes we do a veterans festival, uh, I think, in Atlantic City in Wildwood. Sure. So mm -hmm. we, and those are on the weekends. So, um, but we, we do anywhere from, in the past, 250 to 400 events uh, throughout the season. That's a lot. So, yeah. yeah. I didn't expect the number to be that high. And, and look, they're incredibly popular. Yeah. Um, the legislators love the mobile units yeah. because, you know, they obviously motor vehicle is one of the things that constituents complain about because it's one of the few things that every Everyone constituent uses, yeah. right? So they're very excited to be able to say, hey, I'm bringing the mobile unit mm -hmm. to, uh, to Plainfield, to uh, Camden, to right. wherever the location is. Um, and and so they they enjoy that they'll come they'll engage um so that's been a really great way for the legislators to get to know us a little better um and they've uh speaking of popularity they've approved us to to get two more mobile units so that's going to double our our capability the good news yeah. is those will be coming online in the fall and because they're newer right yeah. they're we've learned some we learned some things putting the first two together so these are going to be uh better set up um we don't know yet exactly exactly the impact that'll have on our capacity yeah. 
um, per unit, like our transactions yeah. capacity, yeah. but it definitely will be an important uh, addition to, to uh, uh, the fielding and, and enables to do more events, serve more of these. Again, the target being underserved communities yeah. because that's really, what you, it, that's really where it, it does the most good. Tell me more about the enhancements because I'm sure there are folks listening that are either um, uh, thinking of creating mobile units or they've not looked at their mobile units for, for many years. Um, you've learned things that said, as we do some new mobile units, this is how we should do it differently. What are some of those lessons and how are you changing the mobile unit? So I think a lot of, it, it actually is structural and um, which is not evident to a customer. Okay. So a lot of the stuff is, you know, such as a wheelchair lift. We had a lot of problems with the installation of our wheelchair lift that you know, was constantly breaking down. With so the first two. With yeah. the first, yeah, yeah. So we actually decided to upgrade to a better wheelchair lift because we weren't an, uh, anticipating the volume of customers. Sure. When they were initially built out, there was a different focus for the use of these mission okay. units. Yeah. Um, so that was one of them. Um, it's just sheer, sometimes location, the location of, of, a, of a safe or, you know, mm. just the accessibility for the employees to make it easier to assist with the customer flow. As they're realizing the where they're walking yes. back and forth, where yes. customers are walking, oh, maybe we should put this part of the counter right. here and that part of the process here. You know, we we are ha we have we had to install retrofitted uh, to the, the the two existing um, units, which we now are having built into the two new ones, a satellite dish because we found after going out that sometimes there were issues with connectivity mm -hmm. and we were it impacted mm -hmm. our operations where we weren't able to process or it was we were limited in what we could process. Yeah. So now that we have these satellite dishes, if there's bad weather or if there's not um, access in the area, we right. can leverage these these satellite dishes to assist with, with that. Backup generators, you know, it, that was another thing that we had built in um, because we were experiencing problems. If, if something went down with the generator, we right. couldn't swap out. So it was just things. Some places you might have a direct power hookup, sometimes Correct. you're on your own. Correct, yeah. and again, these are not, it, things that the customer necessarily sees, but they're, they're items that help us be more efficient yeah. in our service. How much of a headache has been the mechanical upkeep of, you know, the, the car, the vehicle, the <laughs> engine, you know, all the things that make it's it mobile? It's not <laughs> insignificant. I, and I'm afraid to, to, um, to, to speak about it because we've we've been pretty good knock wood <laughs> um we've been pretty good in the past we've had we had to build it this is another thing that we learned is we had to build in to make sure that we had um scheduled maintenance and not wait until something is broke uh -huh. to address it so that was a, a lesson learned of the past so we're, and we've we've built relationships with our vendors to make sure that they they take us and service us um, promptly and, yeah. and efficiently uh, as so we are not down for um, and that and that also is it goes to our staff and, and what great um, you know communication and, and mm -hmm. relationships they have um, with with our vendors and also to make sure that it's scheduled for maintenance but we've yeah. we've been pretty good uh, you know we've had we once had an incident incident where the we were, they were going around a curve and something opened and it was like, so they, yeah, so again, it's lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when things are broke, we need to have them right. fixed. We can't just put some duct tape on right. it and make sure that we... The latch stuff. needs to latch. Yes, yes. So, it, 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 again, it's lessons learned. So yeah. it's, it's some great yeah. stuff. So how how did you navigate the, the pandemic with this strategy? Because one of the things that strikes me is 
fundamentally in the premise of these festivals are places where large people congregate. And no doubt those were not occurring for some time. So were, was the whole thing just put on hold or did you find alternative ways to reach some of those underserved communities? We unfortunately were not able to participate in as many um, activities that we do now, as many events. Um, but we did have to, we instituted a, a scheduling system because we didn't want people similar to the agencies. We didn't want them lining up um, for services that they were not going to be able to receive because of social distancing. distancing, We also installed, similar to our agencies, the plexiglass and um, mm-hmm. it was the, and masks and, and of you know, all, all of the same um, pro- protocols we put into place for the agencies. Yeah. You know, I, I think that a lot of customers, we did have some scheduled and customers got nervous and we ended up having to cancel because we didn't have the volume that we anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely, we were leveraging, also we were leveraging the staff to help with backlogs in, in giving out in road tests and different um, activities. So we were deployed the mobile units to uh, these off-site locations where we were giving road tests. So then the people, the, once they passed, they were able to, to get their license immediately. So we did have to okay. become creative to make sure that they were, um, we were leveraging in them in the best yeah. manner right. to accommodate the needs at the time. Yeah, sometimes um, we use them in ways that, that we hadn't thought about before, to Kim's point. Not all of our road test operations are co-located with a licensing agency. So you pass your road test, then you have to go travel to an agency. Not in every case, some are co-located. But so where they weren't co-located and we had, you know, the the biggest demand was for those initial licenses in agencies. Mm -hmm. So rather than have them go and stand in line, if the mobile was right there, the mobile could issue it right there in place. Now we're working on getting those set. Um, Another example is, you know, we had, the, the demand for um, initial testing went up significantly. In New Jersey, and some of this is true in other places, some of it's unique to New Jersey. During COVID, um, A, we had a lot of high school students who normally we would process in bulk because they mm-hmm. took driver's ed, right? Okay. So we would, you know, we'd get all the paperwork and, right. and issue, their, and issue their initial permits in bulk, um, do the testing at yeah. the high school. Well, now they're coming in one by one by one by one. So that was a huge increase in demand in the agencies. Mm -hmm. We also expanded licensing without regard to immigration status. So that was Mm -hmm. new in the middle of COVID. So that increased the demand. So New Jersey, during during COVID, you implemented the, the new... Status uh, neutral licensing, yeah. okay. right? So those, the state calls it something a little bit different. Right, You're right. We call it, it li- 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 status yeah. neutral licensing or licensing without regard to immigration status. Okay. So okay. you no longer have to prove legal yeah. presence to right. get a license. So yeah. that, that was May of 2020. No, May of 2021. My bad. Okay. May of 2021, we implemented that. That increases demand. Also... Huge shift. I mean, New Jersey Transit saw their ridership plummet, yeah, sure, yeah. and it's still down. Yeah. Uh, weekday ridership in New Jersey Transit is down significantly. Well, all those folks decided they didn't want to be on a train or a bus with a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. They bought a cheap car, so mm-hmm. privately purchased vehicle. That's got to come in person to the agency, uh-huh. yep. and they got to go get their license, or they got to re, 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 you know, yeah. start over again. So there's all of this demand for first-time licenses, and all of this demand for testing. So we went to um, some of the colleges within the state mm-hmm. college system, mm-hmm. 
and uh, some of them had facilities that they were willing to partner with us where we could use the computer lab we bring our proctors and they would issue they would do the knowledge test and so it would be a whole day knowledge test do you know 50 people at a time mm -hmm. and we'd use the mobile unit so that once they passed the test we could enter right that outside. information yep. in yep. the comp system in the mobile unit right outside. Processing. So they go right outside with their past test and we process them yeah. in that. So, so we've been able, those mobile units have come in handy in a lot of our situations that, that we didn't plan for. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's been really helpful. So you mentioned that the legislators and other stakeholders have been very positive and enthusiastic. What about the customer response? I mean, here it is, you've opened up the doors for all these other ways to interact. What's the reaction you're getting from the people of New Jersey? Well, it's, a, it, you know, uh, it, it, to many of them, it's, it's kind of a surprise. It's like, well, I heard about this and I came down. And I can't believe I'm, yeah. I'm all done. I got this done here. You know, I didn't yeah. have to go into go the branch it, office. Right. I didn't have, have to go down the road. I mean, Kim, what's the general yeah, feeling we, among your folks? We are getting compliments um, all the time. A lot of the, the, not only the constituents, but the legislators and all the sponsors, yeah. you know, they, they contact us for, you know, to get on the schedule for next year already. Oh, so wow. yeah, so that it is, it is. Because they're having an event and they want you there. Yes. They want one of those so mobile it's units hugely there. popular with both the constituents, the customers yeah. and, and the sponsors. Yeah. I think out of proportion to the actual number of transactions you do, it just builds goodwill in the community. Yeah. It's like, we're here to try to support you. Yeah. You know, we're here to, you know, we, I, I know I mentioned Trenton areas soup kitchen but you know there's other you know homeless shelters or whatever and we walk we, we're not just there we're walking them through okay the first time we go to a place to to a facility maybe a lot of people don't get through and we talk them through, here's how you can help them get a replacement social security card. Here's how they can help them, you know, get their birth certificate in the state of New Jersey. Yeah. And, and so we kind of give them some ideas yeah. so that they can be successful the next yeah. time. Well, that's information they're, they're not going to get because yeah. the staff is not going to go to a motor vehicle facility. They're probably not going to spend a lot of time on our website. But that one-on-one, -on -one, that touch... Uh, really yeah. makes a difference. And it's like you said, it may not be a high percentage of the overall transactions, but it goes back to where you started the conversation, Sue, which was about reaching the underserved, the ones who need the extra help, who need the extra hand. Um, and, you know, what is government if not to be there to help those who need the most help? Bingo. Um, exactly. That's, that's exactly how we look at it. that's editorialization for the podcast, but, you know. Uh, no, I mean, look, <laughs> we talk all the time about customer service. I yeah. think I think everybody who's in this motor vehicle business, yeah. we understand, you know, safety and customer service, right? right. And, and, and if you're going to do this as a career, I, I think public service is one of the most noble things you can do in your life. Yeah. And, and because what you're doing is you're serving your friends and neighbors. You're serving the people in your community That's right. you're helping them with something that they need yeah. and and uh, uh, so I am completely on board with the Ian editorialization <laughs> well as we wrap up I guess I'll just uh, you know on that note Sue in your history of public service uh, you've stayed in this job I think a, just a little bit longer than maybe you had planned Yes, I was uh, nominated in um, April of 2021 to be Assistant Secretary of Defense for Manpower and Reserve Affairs. I was nominated by yeah. the president. I have had my Senate hearing, but I'm still pending confirmation. Yeah. So and uh, these processes know, can yeah, take a not, long time. It's not Sue that's pending. It's like everybody's <laughs> confirmation is pending, as is pretty much any business of the United States Senate. And that's, that's definitely correct. Ian's editorialization, but probably can be fact-checked. <laughs> 
Well, yes. Well, so, I'm lucky because yeah. I, I still have the I still have the best job in the world yeah, in, in the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Commission. We have. Um, I, I know others might disagree uh, that are uh, not in New Jersey and experiencing this group, but we have the best team in state government anywhere, <laughs> and and I will stand by that. Yeah. Well, Sue, Kim, thank you for chatting about the program and some of the other things we touched along the way. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks so much. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire, Jeffrey, and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.